Hello and welcome to the Recovering God podcast. This is a platform to explore issues that affect the faith lives of Christian women. We hope you find this podcast helpful. Hello and welcome to the Recovering God podcast. Today we're joined by Amy Quinn Graham. Say hello, Amy. Hi, thanks for having me. Very welcome. So we're going to talk about breastfeeding today, which I am really excited. I've been really excited for this episode. <laughs> I keep telling people that I'm doing this episode today um, and I've had at least seven people ask me to send it to them. So um, I'm oh, excited wow. for this episode. <laughs> Not to put any pressure on. Um, so Amy Queen Graham, if you haven't come across Amy, Amy is an action researcher for the Salvation Army and she's in her second year of a part-time PhD funded by the University of Leeds and the Salvation Army, in which she is exploring domestic violence and abuse within the Salvation Army. Amy is a Christian, a feminist and a mum to a thoughtful and curious 27-month-year-old, which she is still breastfeeding. When she's not catching up on sleep, you can find her reading dystopian sci-fi, focusing on titles written by women and people of colour, singing a community choir and fitting in yoga whenever she can. So, Amy, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I am here as well, Sarah P. It's a double Sarah episode today. I love it when we do these, don't we? I do, yeah, we do, Sarah crew. Um, yeah, so Amy, it's so good to be joined by you today. I'm also equally looking forward to this episode and, yeah, really excited about the breadth of topic that we can cover. Um, first of all, though, it would be really fantastic to hear how your understanding of God has developed over time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, thank you for having me. So, I mean, I think like with many people, probably, I grew up with ideas of sort of a very judgmental, angry God, um, sort of that typical image of like an old white man in the sky. And I'm not really sure exactly where that came from. I think it was just kind of in the culture around me. Um, but for me, as quite a serious child um, and teenager, I think that just really came with a lot of guilt for me. Um and so there was this idea that God was kind of always measuring how much or how little I was doing of something um, and that that would mean I would either be punished or not given good gifts. Or So I think I just spent a lot of my time, I remember when I was sort of a young teenager, just being really worried and quite scared of who God was. And I think that just led me to this point in my late teens where I still believed in some sort of divine, but I couldn't really cope anymore with that God um, or that idea of God or the Christians in the church that I had known growing up. And so when in my um, early 20s, I kind of had a realisation that I did kind of still believe in this Christian God and I needed to kind of face that and um, try and figure out what that meant for me. It's been really just a journey of of encountering different voices um most often from the margins sort of offering a different god that didn't actually terrify me constantly but made me feel hope and actually was really exciting and a massive part of that i think was starting to come across feminist theologians who talked about god as mother and used more feminine language for god and while i do think you know that i think there's something really important about reframing sort of fatherhood and what it means to be a man in terms of how you see God. For me, just this idea of being able to connect with God as mother was really powerful. 
and just also this idea of God as freedom and liberation. Um, so a lot of ideas from sort of liberation theologies, womanist theologies, and that's really helped me to let go of a lot of that guilt, I think, and find really more genuine ways to to worship and relate to God. And I think just really seeing God as, you know, I'm still figuring a lot of stuff out, but not giving out punishments or maybe not even being in control of everything, actually just sitting with us in our pain, uh, laughing with us, weeping with us, lamenting with us. And I think it's been quite a painful journey, but also a really exciting one as well. Thank you. As you can imagine, quite a lot of people have been on that experience as well in a slightly yeah. different way. Everyone's experience is unique, but I think a lot of us had to kind of recover God. Hey, yeah. look, that's our name. <laughs> um, so, um, Amy, tell me what your experience has been of breastfeeding in churches. It was interesting where, um, so, you know, this conversation coming off the back of the, the BIAPT annual conference um, earlier this year, where I presented about my experience of hospitality as a breastfeeding mother but I, w- I was reflecting on this and I think I have only actually breastfed in three churches and I think that that's part of some of the issues that we're probably going to explore here um, so when my son was six months old we moved towns um, and that was nearly two years ago now and I'm actually still looking for a church um, at the moment to that, that feels like home and I'm not I'm really aware that I'm not being as proactive as I would like to be partly because I'm just really aware that I have a toddler and there's lots of difficulties that come with that but also I am still breastfeeding him and you know there's a lot of opinions about breastfeeding in general which is part of why we're having this conversation but p- particular stigma I think attached to what's known as extended breastfeeding. So when you sort of breastfeed beyond them being a baby. So I'm really sort of conscious about wanting to step into spaces and try them out when I know that I might be in a situation where I need to or want to to breastfeed him. So there is kind of that acknowledgement that my experience is, is limited to three churches, but I'm really aware that there's reasons. It's really tied up the reasons why that is. So I think my previous church was a really positive space for breastfeeding. Part of this, I think, was because it was a small church. I was really integrated into the community. So it's about the relationships I had with others. But I think it was a real child-centred church. And so there was a real effort to um, cater to the needs of children and their caregivers. And there was sort of children were just there in the service in all their mess and noise. And there was sort of none of this trying to, you know, make them disappear to... But I was also aware, I think, that while I probably could have just breastfed in the, well, I was going to say pews, there weren't pews, but in, in the chairs, in the, in the service, I chose to take myself out to the back, to the cafe area. And I don't know if that was because there were comfier seats with high armrests, so practically it was more comfortable to breastfeed, or if I just felt that I had to almost like censor myself in this experience um, of feeding my son and just sort of feeling like I had to remove myself. And that's a theme that then came up later for me when um, another of my experiences, which is actually a very negative one, I was visiting a church. um, Well, it was before I'd actually gone to the service, I was approaching um, a, a pastor to speak about coming to the church, to find out more about the church. And, um, 
I mentioned to them that I was breastfeeding my son, who was about one at the time. They they were kind of really sort of making a point of saying, oh, yeah, you know, breastfeeding is great, really support breastfeeding. But um, actually, we have this member of the congregation who's got dementia, and we think that she'd probably be really freaked out if she was to see someone breastfeeding in the service. And, you know, she's a really long-standing member, and we'd have to do everything we can to, you know, make her comfortable so, you know, if you were to come along and, and to breastfeed, we'd have to ask you to go behind a screen at the back. And she actually showed me um, the the screen in the space. And, um, you know, it was, it was literally like this massive sort of floor to ceiling <laughs> screen. And I think I, it was just a very strange situation because I really felt like they were trying to be inclusive and trying to balance like these inclusion needs and trying to be really thoughtful. But then I was also thinking, well, I don't know. I think maybe you're underestimating this woman with dementia. Like how much of a big deal is it really going to be like to see somebody breastfeeding? And it just really made me aware that this idea of removing people from spaces and how it's often mums that, you know, have to leave the church service to go with their children. Um, And this idea of well, you can still hear the service, mm. but it's just like, we won't have to see you. And I did go to the service there once, um, but I actually avoided feeding my son because I just didn't want to have to deal with that. And I definitely, that has definitely tainted my my search for a church since then. Um, and I just, I, I just don't think I could go back there. So yeah, really at opposite ends of the scale, mm. I think, but still... For me, there's this idea of of whether we remove ourselves or are removed from the space because of this this act that well, is actually you know a very natural act, but many believe should take place in a private space. I guess ultimately, as well, when you did visit that church, you actually withheld sustenance from your child because of how mm-hmm. it made you feel, and that's yeah, no, nobody wants to to do that you you would have other people that would happily be giving their kids snacks or whatever yeah. within that situation so to 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 be made to feel like you can't feed your child that is really shocking yeah. and you know as you said there has to be a balance of inclusion and you know the the woman that you mentioned her needs they have there has to be a balance and it's mm-hmm. and the balance isn't let's put that woman and her child behind a screen yeah I'm so yeah. sorry that was your experience yeah, I think it was just quite a shock to me, to be honest, because, you know, the, the pastor started off being really supportive. And, and then I think, I don't know if they were just, just completely hadn't come across the situation before. I don't know. And we're like making it up as they went and suddenly like remembered they had this screen at the back, but not stopping to actually question, you know, what does that act mean when we, when we remove people? And it wasn't just sort of the idea of someone going to the back, but actually putting them behind yeah. something so they can't be seen hiding you um yeah absolutely um and it's not just about you know food like you said it's not just about substance actually it's about comfort mm. and connection as well you know and and children you know when they get very upset might just need you know a cuddle or it might be that they need some some breastfeeding yeah. and to just not be able to to give my son that as well when he's in a new space mm-hmm. as well that he's you know that he's adapting to 
when we've kind of and I've seen you talk about this and experience about this, you you shared some poetry that you'd written, which I think was one of your ways of processing. Are you right to share one of those poems now with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think I'd actually like to share um, a poem that reflects my more positive experience um, in my previous <laughs> church. And yeah, like you said, I think I do like to process some of my experiences through poetry. I find it a really helpful, reflective practice. I remember one time. In an attempt to show solidarity, you said jokingly to me that you'd seen more breasts in the last year than in all the lifetime preceding. It wasn't as creepy as it would have been from another man who I didn't know was trying to put me at ease to indicate this is a safe space. Come, feed. I remember this woman who could always be found in the corner, babe asleep, under a cover on her chest. She'd smile at me, and I'd see the peace of another who also felt safe, felt seen. This was my church. I expected to be welcomed, allowed to push boundaries. To this woman, this was just a cafe. And yet she had found a place to rest, to be, and say to her baby, come, feed. I remember on Sundays you always said, children are welcome, their noise and their mess. We should expect disruption, laughter and cries, and find freedom in meeting their needs. Missing sermons, skipping a song, knowing our hearts for Jesus were reflected in strong arms, embracing our young. Wondering if, perhaps, feeding our babies and helping them sleep is a form of worship beyond a song sheet. That maybe, when it's all said and done, feeding is holy. Come. Thank you. Yeah, one of the things I love about feminist theology is the way in which poetry and liturgy is all tied in so it's not you know it's not one bit is creative and one bit is theological like that is an incredible theological statement um yeah thank you so much for sharing it with us I know earlier on you mentioned the practical theology conference where you gave a paper um Mm. and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about how breastfeeding resonates with you in a theological or a spiritual way like your journey Mm. I guess exploring that would be really interesting to hear. So yeah I think soon after I started breastfeeding I remember being in a national trust gardens with my family and I don't really know what prompted this reflection but I think it was national breastfeeding week and um, so I was I was probably thinking quite reflectively about my experience at that up to that point and I think it had been about three months of breastfeeding my son and what just kept coming to mind for me was the idea of the Eucharist and this act of Jesus giving his flesh and blood and asking his disciples to take and eat his flesh and blood in this act of love and remembrance. And I just remember being really struck by this idea of my body providing the only food that was sustaining my son and this continual act of give and take between us. I was here giving my body and my son was here taking and eating. And I was really struck by the love that was involved in that, but also the sacrifice, because even if you've had a a relatively straightforward journey with breastfeeding, it's really hard work. Um, You know, you're giving of your time, your comfort, your body. And I was really struck by how vulnerable my son was and how much he relied on me. And for me, this just connected with how Jesus asked us to come to him, be vulnerable and open completely ourselves and completely rely on him. And for me, I think taking communion is almost always a powerful experience. Um, It pulls me back to Jesus 
regardless of how my faith has dwindled or how angry I am at God, because I usually am angry at God about something that's happening in the world. Um, so communion for me is usually like a reset. And I just really loved playing around with this idea of breastfeeding as a reset. It's not just about food, which I've already mentioned. It's about love. It's about comfort. And it's a reminder of that relationship of sacrifice and vulnerability. And I think as well, for me, considering how little mainstream theology is equipped to engage with issues related to women and bodies, it also sort of feels like an act of resistance to frame breastfeeding in in ways around the Eucharist. And I love anything that's like an act of resistance. So um, for me, it was just really powerful to be able to make those connections, um, thinking about Jesus's body and my body and how I was now so connected with this idea of God as mother and, and sacrifice and vulnerability. And it just gave me a new embodied way of relating to Jesus. So, um, yeah, I've, I'm sure I'm not the first person to think about breastfeeding in the Eucharist in that way, but I really love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get fascinated by this because one of the things I find uh, really sad, actually, is kind of up until the fourth century, this was like really quite not normal necessarily, but pretty present. So you've got here's a name drop for you, Clement of Alexandria, <laughs> um, first, second century, saying it is more than evident that the blood of Christ is milk. Oh, wow. Again, like kind of random little tidbit that's in my, my brain is at one stage, the scientific belief was that the mother's breast milk was her blood. People just went, you know what? Women, women bleed and then they have a baby. Where does the blood go? (laughs) And the belief was that it was heated up and turned into milk. And so there's, there's been these really rich connections, I think with, with blood and with milk that I think really overlaps. And if we spent more time listening to the women in our church, we might Mm. not have quite lost this tradition because I think, you know, for, for you and, being in these places your body tells a story right your body goes there are these comparisons here um whereas perhaps a legacy of male priests who have just about realized it's probably not blood heated up um (laughs) maybe don't see those connections that you know that feminine bodies and and i should just say bodies that give birth that may yeah, or may absolutely. not be female yeah. but who who notice those resonances and if we attend to them <laughs> I had an experience because I uh, we have been involved in foster care over the years because the first time we fostered my youngest birth daughter was nearly four so still relatively young um, mm. and when we fostered this baby um, he actually made my body go into the producing milk um which was something another foster carer had warned me about and I was like oh like I just can't imagine that happening and it got to the point where I'd have to hand him to my husband and be like you're gonna have to take him because I'm not going through that again like (laughs) (laughs) having you know done it a couple of times and you know got to the point where we had finished breastfeeding um uh, you know and I just think you know in terms of like spiritual encounter and we know that the female body is incredible and we know that it's connected with our spirituality in very different amazing ways but just that experience of I guess this child being given to us for a time and for Mm. you know for me to play that mothering role for you know as long or as little as he needed me to do that that my body immediately responded and was like oh okay this is what we're doing then 
I guess I wonder if there are any other ways for you in which you felt that kind of spiritual connection through breastfeeding or or through kind of general like your motherhood journey um, and whether that's been a positive mm. or negative experience within the church. I remember sort of there was a moment when my son was quite young and I was kind of hit with like the just the intensity of the love that I felt for him and I think I was just sometimes I think I just struggle to connect emotionally with God because I I can be quite academic and I I like to yeah you know explore scripture through an academic lens and so sometimes it can I can forget that actually you know this is my faith and my spirituality and I think I just had this moment where I thought oh my goodness if this is like even a a tiny a tiny bit of what God feels for us then you know it's it just blew my mind and I think yeah, I, I think just tying in again with that that idea of of God being mother and um, and being able to talk about God as she and use feminine pronouns. I think in that respect, I'd, I I hadn't had anything in my life up to that point which had just sort of made me grasp the intensity and the amazingness of of this love in a in a really emotional way. And I'm just, but I'm also balancing that with I'm really aware that sort of motherhood is a a role that as women we are allowed to play. You know, it's like socially acceptable. It's expected of us. Yeah. So I also kind of have, um, there's part of me that really wants to fight against yeah. a lot of these things where where I've discovered those bio, almost like biological connections, you know, like the milk coming in or the way that mother's intuition and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, like if you co-sleep, you talk about like, being connected in a way where it's almost impossible for a breastfeeding mother to roll onto their okay. child or sometimes you don't even have to be breastfeeding you know um and that kind of at times makes me angry because I'm like I've spent so much of my life being this feminist who's fighting against like these this biological determinism and then I'm finding some truth in some of it but obviously <laughs> the fact is that we it's about us not being restricted by that right but that's part of why I also love breastfeeding is because for me it feels like it's an acceptable part of womanhood until you take it out of the private sphere and so the minute you take it out into public you're challenging this idea of women being restricted as mothers and caregivers and homemakers to the the private sphere and you know men being the ones out in public making decisions so I think that went on a tangent and didn't actually answer your question. No, no, I think all. you did. I definitely but, did. Um, <laughs> but I think it's been a real, a really interesting, not necessarily in the context of the church, but definitely for my faith, an interesting journey to to have that experience of feeling so like so connected to God's love for me through being a mum and also kind of being annoyed that <laughs> this this very acceptable role of motherhood has had this impact on me in such a powerful way. I think it's about that, um, particularly about actually when you transcend the rules of how you do it, right? Mm. So we're okay with people breastfeeding as long as dot, dot, dot. Yeah. As long as they do it in this way, they cover in that way, they don't do it there, they don't have a converse, you know, whatever the dot, dot, dot is. And, and the way that it's sexualized the way it's Mm -hmm. made vulgar the way it's made all these sort of things and and it's so much about what other people have 
put onto our bodies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yet hold the breastfeeding person responsible for, you know, all the rest of it. Mm. And I find that I find that frustrating. And I think um thinking about faith in that as well a little bit, we do have some kind of early Eucharistic prayers that explore God as the breastfeeding mother. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't still use these as <laughs> Eucharistic prayers um, in, in any denomination I've come across, at least. And I think it's because actually, sure, people can breastfeed, but not God. God can't breastfeed. And yes, why is that yeah. that visceral reaction to why mm. God couldn't breastfeed? Mm. Uh, I think when we when we situate these ideas in um can we have comfy chairs the church is like yeah okay if yeah, I say, yeah. can we make this around the eucharist they're like oh no 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 no, i don't like that i don't like that i don't want that and that's telling i think right mm. yeah i think what you were saying earlier as well about the cost to a mother who breastfeeds the kind of mm. i guess the you know it whether like you said whether it's a straightforward journey or it's a, a trickier one it's hard work um and you know there's a lot a lot of emotion around it certainly if it's you know my experience is it wasn't straightforward and we did get to the point where we did go over to bottles but the kind of emotion of feeling like all of it was on me in order to feel Mm -hmm. in order to feed the our child um you know I wanted to make it work um and I think I'm just thinking about it in terms of thinking about God breastfeeding like that kind of um, uh, you know that emotional term on that desire to you know feed children and like there there are some amazing theological links there that maybe have just been thrown by the wayside um because it's Mm -hmm. a little bit awkward or because it in, you know requires a, f- a few too many theological links to get to it um so yeah maybe I mean Sarah you're training for ministry so maybe it's you know <laughs> back. Yeah. I'm, I'm up I'm up for um I will have to swear an oath at some point to say um I will follow the liturgy of the church whether I'll be crossing my finger at that moment <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment <laughs> But I think about like the cost, right? So a friend of mine, um, especially you know, she's she's about to start her MPhil on on breastfeeding, and I'm so interested to read it. Mm. And one thing she reminds me one day is about how many hours you spend breastfeeding yeah. on average in a year, um, and it's around 1,800. So yeah. 1,800 hours, they think, on average, is a breastfeeding in a year. Just to make that kind of contextualise that for you, a 40-hour work week with a standard holiday allowance would be 1960 hours oh yeah so you're basically saying that the mum who is potentially working a 40-hour work week with a standard holiday package is also spending almost the exact same amount of that time Mm -hmm. also breastfeeding isn't that incredible (laughs) yeah when you lay out like that and you both have done this (laughs) (laughs) yeah wow if you think that those 1800 hours that you have to spend if you're being forced to spend them in public toilets Mm -hmm. if you're being forced to spend them not in your meeting if you're being forced to spend them out the back out the side how how you know that's a huge chunk of your time that you are being shuttled off out of the way away from your talk networks and do you know what i hear about mothers loads of time that's why i hear about newborn mothers Mm. is they've got loads of time they've got time to spare it's not that they need to use every hour wisely. 
And so actually, when we take the breastfeeding mother away from her social support networks, away from the cafe where she's managed to finally get a coffee mm. for herself and say, you've got to do it in the toilet. Like, yeah, that's mad. It's just mad to me. Yeah, and I think also, and I, th- I think this will bring us around to thinking about how churches can be more welcoming and how they can, I guess, encourage breastfeeding mothers. But my experience was because it was a tricky journey, the thought of doing it somewhere that wasn't home was a massive deal um Mm -hmm. so actually it needed to be a place that I felt really safe and and like it was okay for my child to cry for a bit and it would be okay for me to be like rummaging around with my boob and trying to get the right feeding (laughs) that's a that's massive like no matter how confident you are in your body um Mm -hmm. you know you're you go on quite a journey uh, you know after birthing a child and, and it and it is hard to to be in that place where you're happy just to kind of get your boob out in a place where you don't know people <laughs> and certainly yeah. in a place that's been your spiritual home and you know like you know all of that stuff so yeah I wonder um Amy if you could tell us a bit about how you think churches could do that really well mm-hmm. and make it a safe place for women to feel comfortable with their bodies and fe- you know feed and nurture their child mm. yeah I mean I think firstly just talking about breastfeeding would be a really good place to start and I just think that you know I don't think I have ever no I mean I have definitely never heard a sermon that mentions breastfeeding actually um but rarely heard a sermon to be honest with you that reflects on unless it is about Mary at Christmas time reflects on actual motherhood in in its details of what it could actually rather than this kind of just like idealized oh you know mother of God kind of thing um actually this reality of what it would have meant to 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 be a, a mother of a young child um you know particularly at a time when you didn't have you know a lot of the the technology and the knowledge and and expertise and everything that you you have now um although in many ways you would have had generational knowledge around breastfeeding which is something we have lost now particularly in the west um and, you know, and we, we didn't have other options for feeding. So children would have been breastfed. And so I think just starting off with what you were saying, Sarah, about the amount of hours, for me, there's something there about just how many people breastfeed, just the sheer number of, of you know, people who have babies. And, you know, even if they decide it, it's not working for them or, um, you know, or whether through choice or, or otherwise, um, they feel they have to stop, um, or whether they choose from the beginning to use formula, you know, just the sheer amount of, of people who actually breastfeed, who who use their bodies to feed a baby, um, they're going to be in your churches. Mm. <laughs> and and just, it feels like there's just a real gap there, as there are with, with you know, lots of lots of groups of people with maybe different identities that challenge us sometimes. And so I think just starting with acknowledging that you're going to have people who come through the doors breastfeeding their children. And because especially when they're younger, it's so often, like you said, the number of hours, they're going to be in your service, you know, your hour and a half service or whatever it is, and they're going to need to feed their child. So, you know, not I'm not even necessarily saying talk about it theologically, or well, that would be amazing, you know, but <laughs> just at least talk about it, you know, and you can get stickers and things, you know, that say like your breastfeeding friendly place. And it sounds a little bit sort of, um, I guess, basic, but actually I do look out for those stickers when I go to different cafes and stuff. And it sort of does just make me feel a little bit more confident if I see one of those. 
I was thinking off the back of what you've just said in the my experience of church is kind of slightly bigger churches where there's a team of people that are involved in the leadership and I was just thinking then actually it'd be really helpful for like all of the leadership to understand what it means mm. for a woman to breastfeed so therefore it's not just like the children's worker or the woman on staff that's breastfed herself yeah. actually there's a kind of church policy that we are a safe place for breastfeeding mothers and that means that you know we offer water mm. or you know we don't draw attention and you know so more more than just because I know my experience is that in church it's the women that have breastfed yeah. that help the other women that have breastfed and you know kind of like oh you can go to there or that seat's a bit more comfortable or <clears throat> but if there's more of a understanding of what it means and what would be helpful for the whole of the staff team the whole of the leadership to I guess carry and value then that would be another good mm-hmm. place to start yeah absolutely and I think it's it's just about attitudes I think because I I mean, there are only sort of a handful of times when I've had those sort of comments or really negative responses. But a lot of the time it's sort of this um, people averting their eyes or like just, a, yeah, that kind of implicit disagreement or like judgment. And so I think for me, there's something about and this is probably a wider societal thing, but it feels really important for churches because churches are meant to be our community extension of our family. And actually, we should be able to feel like we are at home. Like you said about it's a big deal to come out of your home space where you're comfortable and breastfeed. And actually, that can be that can be a really um, central part for some women about why they stop breastfeeding, because they just they can't they can't face the idea of having to go out and and breastfeed. So if the you know, it can kind of except if it's like a cafe or something where, you know, it's a business, I'm not their priority necessarily, you know. But church is supposed to be this community. It's supposed to be this family where we can come and we can be ourselves. And actually we can say, look, we experience Jesus in the messiness of our lives and in the reality of our lives. And actually, you know, me being able to worship while I breastfeed my son is part of how I experience Jesus because I spend 18,000 hours a year (laughs) breastfeeding my son. Um, That is, you know, when I'm praying, that is when I'm reflecting on my relationship with Jesus. That's how I'm thinking about God. And maybe this just links back to what I was saying about needing to talk about it. But there's something about challenging some of those attitudes about what breastfeeding is and you know, how it's not just us trying to find an excuse to get our breasts out in public. Um, (laughs) And yeah, and also the idea that people have different levels of what they're comfortable with. Like I, because I'm just sort of a bit of a, I can be quite brazen. I'm just kind of like, you know, it's my right to breastfeed. I can breastfeed if I want to, blah, blah, blah. You know, I I will just go in and kind of pull my boob out and (laughs) people have to deal with it. But you know, other people don't, aren't necessarily like that and also I don't necessarily want to be like that if I'm going into a church for the first time and I'm aware that I'm going to try and connect with these people and I don't necessarily want that to be their first impression of me so for me it's just really central to this idea of church is you know meant to be an extension of our family and so how do we make space for everybody's lived reality of their lives to be expressed in that space yeah thank you for that I think one of the things that's so frustrating about churches is it feels like there's so many reasons why we should be talking about it either because of the things you've just said 
because it's a place of love and acceptance and, and all the rest of it, because we are a family whose sacraments are very physical. Mm-hmm. We're told to eat, drink, watch, you know, it just, there's so many biblical stories. You've got, you know, 1 Peter 2 talking about, um, you know, breast milk and nourishing and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. In Greek, the word to feed or to nourish is the same as to nurse at a breast. It's like there are so many roads here leading to Rome. Yeah. Um, why, why? And that's when it feels almost willful that as a church, we're not talking about breastfeeding because actually, our scripture, our tradition, and our values all should be leading us to talk about this. And that's where it feels a bit egregious mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that we're not doing this. I mean, I think, like I said, I think it's tied a lot to, you know, how we see women's bodies and mm-hmm. and how we see the role of, of women and, and you know, how women should be in the world. Um, but I do think there's something about how we see children as well that I've been reflecting on a lot and I think you know I mentioned I touched on it earlier like and I'm not you know I'm not saying I have I'm not a church leader I'm not saying I have the answers to this but I'd I just loved in my in my previous church how children were able to be in the service and they were able to make noise and they were able to run around and so those of us as sort of the primary caregivers especially if you were breastfeeding were able to stay in the service and yeah we might have chosen to sort of sit back a little bit but we were able to still engage in worship we were able to still listen to the sermon and so I just I know that even with good intentions churches can be can find it tricky to find a balance of welcoming children into the congregation and creating spaces for them that aren't just necessarily removing them from the main space and then there's something there about you know Jesus talking about children and welcoming children um, and encouraging yeah. us to be like children so it's kind of I think for me it sits at that intersection of, of what we think about women and their bodies and what we think about children and their space in the world including our churches thank you thank you for that so going from Jesus um, encouraging the children to come to us <laughs> Amy <laughs> what one line of encouragement much like Jesus uh, could you offer Christian women I mean I, I don't I'm not sure I like that segue into this question <laughs> I'm not sure that my feeble encouragement should be compared to Jesus Jesus giving any sort of encouragement but uh, <laughs> Um, but it was a good segue, so well done. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I think um, I think for me, probably just don't be scared to explore beliefs and teachings beyond what you've always been taught. Um, I think there can be a lot of fear, you know, of things like feminist theologies um, of like, oh, you know, you're just trying to reinterpret the Bible for your own I didn't view to support your own viewpoints or you know whatever. But actually, God is is not only male god is not only father and um it's just been so powerful for me to i suppose give myself permission but to also find permission in my relationship with jesus to to question things that i'd always been told and to actually reflect on my own experiences as a woman and reflect on what that tells me about god so that was more than one line i'm sorry but maybe mainly just don't be scared to explore beliefs and teachings beyond what you've been taught 
Well, thank you so much. I've had so much fun in this conversation. I could stay and talk for ages, which I'll be honest with you, I'm gobby anyways, but I really could stay and talk for ages. But um, we've taken up a lot of your time. So thank you so much for joining us and stopping by. Um, I think a lot of what we've spoken about today is going to really resonate with a lot of our readers. Um, I always <laughs> read this, listen to this. We're a podcast, Sarah. <laughs> Do you know what it's like? It's like. <laughs> but thank you everyone uh, for listening to this podcast and thank you very much, Amy, for joining us. Welcome back, Recovering God listeners. Uh, it's Sarah P here. Sadly, Sarah MH can't make it tonight. So I've got the lovely Amy with me. Um, just to reflect back on that episode we just heard. Amy, um, yeah, so what are your reflections on breastfeeding, feminism, theology, all of the above? Yeah, so I suppose what made me think was um, I've got three children um, and um, my first child I couldn't breastfeed. And that came as a bit of a surprise to me because I had a mother-in-law that had four children, all natural births, all breastfed. My mother had three children, all natural births, three, um, uh, th- three breastfed. And then I couldn't shove my child out um, and had a room full of people in an emergency. And I couldn't breastfeed and I had PTSD as well, which I realised a a couple of years later what what some of the experiences that I had afterwards. And I always remember thinking what a failure I was and um, walking to the local supermarket to buy bottled milk thinking I was an absolute failure and why could my mum and my mother-in-law do it all naturally and I assumed it would and, you know. So that was my first experience, I guess, of uh, of breastfeeding, and it didn't didn't happen. Now, uh, my second child, second child, um, I was fine. I did um, took duck to water, and I was thinking because because what listening to this, I'd totally forgotten, and I remember just being so fed up of being like just milk jugs for a child a baby that I decided that when she was one, I was going to stop breastfeeding. And I took that very literally on her first birthday. I stopped really? breastfeeding her. But um, yeah, that was my experience. And then the second one, um, yeah, till six months and then he bit me. And it was a bit like we were both nervous after that. And that was about kind of, he slowly coaxed himself off me after that. So um, yeah, so just it just in terms of experience, because obviously it doesn't. I don't think we talk about that in the podcast. In terms of all women have different experiences, and sometimes it's not as um, easy for some women. So I suppose that for me, just listening to that, that brought up a lot of that because I kind of forgotten it about that really. Because my youngest is, is seven and a half now, so I think it's important um, to acknowledge that, um, yeah, women some can breastfeed some can't some would love to um and it's not always straightforward um so yeah when we're talking about breastfeeding being a feminist issue we need to remember sort of two sides of the coin I guess um so Amy is there anything specific that stood out from the interview um so obviously I've been in church and I've breastfed um personally I 
had friends that never covered up at all. And I think that's, you know, that's right and should be something that if you feel comfortable doing. I've got, if anyone knows me, I've got massive boobs. So, and I've even got bigger boobs when I'm breastfeeding. And for me, I didn't feel comfortable because it was just like, I just felt like I was, like my skin was just everywhere. So I always use like, I don't know what they're called, like breastfeeding rats. So you've got like a little metal bit round so you could look down. And that for me was far, that, that's made me comfortable. It wasn't about anyone else. Like I, anyone that knows me, I don't really give a, you know, crap what people think about me. But for me, that was just me, how I felt comfortable. So I suppose in terms of the context of church, um, we, the previous church I was going to, they had a nursery, nursing room, but um, there was never any issue of people feeling like they had to go in there. Sometimes you just kind of wanted to go in there to be honest, a bit quiet and quite nice. And a couple of other ladies were in there and you didn't really listen to the preach. You just kind of chatted, <laughs> if we're honest. I think we've got, I think we've got to a point where people are open to breastfeeding um, in public. I think you get the odd story, don't you? I think I remember hearing a few stories when I was breastfeeding in the press, but otherwise, I've never had any issues. I've never known anyone that issues. Um, I suppose it also just fact is it's a cultural thing, isn't it? Where people don't like it. I mean, the irony, the irony is right. So Saudi Arabia, as we all know, is not great with human rights of women, and women are all fully covered. Yet the Quran says, you know, you could breastfeed up to two years, and you'll have women in the public spaces in Saudi Arabia uncovered breastfeeding. And they, you know, not, yeah, wouldn't get a blink of eye because that's what you do. The Quran says, you know, and obviously you, you feed the baby up until two years. So I think, you know, some of this is not even about uh, traditional, what we maybe call religious values or something or uh, ideas or even from conservative uh, cultures. We've just got a funny a sexualized culture. I think that's the issue. Um, but yeah, that's all I thought about as well. Um, I had to double, yeah, I had to double check and Google that. But yeah, I thought that that was right. Um, so yeah, I guess there were the couple of things I kind of got for it from it. Um, have you yeah. have you ever considered breastfeeding in terms of like spirituality yeah. or theologically? There was a bit of a chat about that as well. I think. Yeah, not really my bag. I'm afraid that's not really my thing. <laughs> Sorry, this is where my evangelical theology comes out. No, I mean that's interesting. I haven't, but I haven't really read about it or thought about that. That's not something um, that yeah I've ever really thought about, to be honest. Sorry, that's no, yeah. no. I so with my experience of breastfeeding, I both of my girls ended up on bottles fairly early on, but I tried to breastfeed both of them. Um, but my experience of being in kind of an evangelical church culture at the time was that I felt very much on the outside because I was the only one bre uh, only one bottle feeding and everyone else was doing breastfeeding so for me it became a, another area where I felt like I was inferior because I it, it felt like the spiritual thing to be doing was the breastfeeding and that was the oh that's what you mean okay, sorry yeah I thought no 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 I wasn't I mean you can yeah. make up whatever you want but for like so <laughs> Uh, yeah so from my perspective it felt like oh gosh I've you know I'm already failing my child um because I you get you kind of got that from midwives and stuff because certainly the time I had my children like breastfeeding was really hammered and then also it felt like a bit of church as well that um 
And that, yeah, I'm not saying that anyone put that on me at all. That was more, uh, uh, you know, an internal thing within me that what I noticed was I was the only one using bottles or it certainly felt like that. Um, so then it became... Yeah, sorry, when you said spiritualised, I thought spiritualized, like spiritual, but I, bet, I thought you were talking some deep theolo theological statement of whether I'm spiritually breastfeeding people. That's what I thought you meant. Oh, really? Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my bag. I mean, I'm sure that's been, I'm sure that's a conversation, but like, no, no. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You mean, do people judge you when you're in church with your bottle feeding? Yeah. Or no, if there I was really any spiritual either. element to it for you or anything, but no, I wasn't specific. I wasn't asking you, you know, who was spiritually breastfeeding from you. Um, well, maybe that's a discussion for another podcast. I don't know, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no but in terms of like spiritualized breastfeeding I know I think that's a very middle class thing as well isn't it like it's like the holistic you know only you only use wooden you know toys for your kids and don't give them a dummy and yeah you must breast breast is best and yeah I think that's fed a lot and I think that feeds into the middle class culture of church as opposed to the spirituality of church I would say that's my opinion but no I think it's an important it's an important point because yeah I think it is a class issue as well isn't it it's not just can you or can't you breastfeeding in church it's a whole wider issue as well so yeah I think it's important you bring that up mm. yeah any any closing thoughts Amy no I don't think so I'm good you're all good fantastic good. well as ever yeah, Amy, Thanks for that anyway, yes. <laughs> always a pleasure to talk to you. Recovering God listeners, we'll be back with another episode soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovering God podcast. Please remember to rate, subscribe and tell others who you think will be interested. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Recovering God or contact us by email at recoveringgodpodcast at gmail.com.